Hey guys, I hope you're all having a good December and hopefully winding things down for the season a little bit. I have a very fun podcast episode to share with you. This is another podcast that I actually got to be a guest on, this time with Vicki Knights and Eddie Judd on Shoot, Edit, Chat, Repeat, which is based in the UK and which is a fantastic podcast for photographers if you haven't yet had the opportunity to check it out. I'm excited to share this episode with you, but I also just wanted to make a few announcements before we dived in. I, first of all, want to do a tiny bit of bragging (laughs) on my challenge participants in the win-win-win $1,000 year-end challenge, which is going on now. It's closed for registration, but, but we have been chugging along. I have seen some amazing results, people who have blown past their $1,000 goal, other people who maybe aren't quite there yet, but are learning lots of marketing tips along the way. So if that is something that you're missing this year and think you might be interested in the future, definitely make sure that you are paying attention and on my email list and all that good stuff because I am guessing that I am going to be doing it again. But next year, I might get it started earlier so that people have more time to get everything done over the course of that time. But because we finished up registration last week, I was able to make the first of what will hopefully be two donations to the ACLU, and this one was for $1,353. So again, thank you to my challenge participants. The other announcement that I wanted to make is that I am currently looking for people to be guests on my mini mentoring spots in January, and specifically for January, I want to chat with people who are trying to kind of prioritize their goals for 2021. So if that is something that you know you're going to be working on and maybe would like a 15-minute bit of help with, go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash mentoring and fill out the mini mentoring application. And in the description of the, the problem or issue box, Let me know what you are hoping to kind of focus on and then also give me a date the first week of January that is most flexible for you because that is when I'm going to do my recording. So those two things, just the challenge kind of check-in to let you guys know about that and then an invitation for you to join me over on mini mentoring in January. With that, I will let you enjoy shoot edit chat repeat be sure if you enjoy this episode to go and add them in your podcast role those of us who are podcasters really really do appreciate it when you hit the subscribe button rather than just listening to one-off episodes and of course if you ever have a spare moment and can leave a review that makes a huge difference too enjoy Hello and welcome to Shoot, Edit, Chat, Repeat, the podcast for people photographers with me, Eddie Judd. And me, Vicky Knight. Hi, Vicky. How's things? Good, thank you. How's things with you, Eddie? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's getting a bit dark. It's like about four o'clock in the I afternoon. Know. It's nearly dark, so that's slightly depressing. I know. It, it keeps up. I, I have a routine of taking the dogs out at sort of five-ish and it's completely thrown me because it's pitch black now at five yeah. o'clock, isn't it? I know. 
And also, we do this every single autumn. I think for the last 10 years, me and you have had a conversation like going, yep. why could we not have like a sunny autumn where the leaves are like crisp and dry? And oh. Every single year, it just seems to start raining, doesn't it? Yeah. As soon as the autumn colour comes, it just starts raining. Oh, Here we I are know. Talking about, we're talking about the weather talking again. About weather again. <laughs> we should just have a weather segment. <laughs> yeah. We need to get a weather jingle, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Eddie's <laughs> <Scorchio>. weather update. <laughs> I wish it was Scorchio. No, it's just that it's so beautiful this autumn. I don't know. Does know, it feel it like really it's particularly is. beautiful this autumn? I think we say that each year as well. I definitely remember just, we've said, like, it's so nice, but it is beautiful. Yeah, I love but it. But it's just everything's so wet. So I had all my mini yeah. sessions on Saturday. I think this is the first time in 10 years since I've been running mini sessions. So they were booked for Saturday. Yeah. It was. Re- I managed to do one first thing and yeah. then moved all the others because it was going to rain from about half nine. Moved them to the Sunday, literally had all my kit walking out the door, literally started pouring. pouring. So I had to reschedule all of those. So both days, so they're next week now. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And and it actually looked okay for the coming weekend when I've got mine as well. But yeah. I just don't trust it at the moment because, yeah, it just doesn't... It's very changeable. So Yeah. Because yeah, it was supposed to be light rain this afternoon and then Literally, it was like pouring it, it down. I know, I know. So, it's and so it was interesting like... us talking about the weather, isn't it? <laughs> just Everyone around the world is like, oh, really interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is but the most it's... beautiful season to photograph. Yeah. I love it. And actually, I had my own shoot, which you saw, didn't you, with um, yeah. one of the guests on the show. So, And actually, that was this weekend when it was raining the whole time. But we ju- and we nearly cancelled it. We kept moving it. I was like, I think we're going to have to do it tomorrow. It's going to rain. And we managed to just get about an hour where it didn't rain. I think it started spitting on us like once, but we were so lucky because it so, had been pouring. It, they were beautiful, those pictures. It's so nice to have your own family pictures done as it well, is. isn't it? And really you know, special. It, it, and we always say it, don't we? We highly recommend that, yeah. you know, if you're a photographer yourself, that you have a shoot because you suddenly realise what it feels like. But also that excitement of seeing the photos as well it's you suddenly realize how your clients feel it's really exciting yeah it's true I seem to have got to the stage where my two girls just really would not be interested at the moment so you know they're not they're just much more self-conscious or or youngest just will I mean I know that it's tricky but she is like a three-year-old and being told what to wear at the moment she just point blank refuses so you know I'm not sure I could go through that pain at the moment but I was yeah I I I did buy them some new tops and they were like okay we'll uh, wear them just for an hour <laughs> yeah that's see i'd never get that that was good i bet yeah. she'd look at me like in disgust like no i don't care even if i say i don't like the pictures afterwards i am not wearing it so yeah, yeah it's a challenge so yeah but i did I manage like... to get some not a proper family shoot but in the lavender fields this year oh but, yeah um, they were lovely yeah yeah pool took yeah really nice painful but got them but yeah the, the, the boys did start saying to johnny sort of about half an hour through like how much longer is this going to be <laughs> yes. like, five minutes through <laughs> like, he was what, like you, not yes. much longer <laughs> i know he did a great job so thank thank you johnny i will treasure them forever yeah no you will and that's what i you know i was talking about this to somebody the other day and it's like yes i know it can be an effort doing a family shoot and i appreciate that and we can only appreciate that from going through that ourselves and knowing oh i've got to get my hair done got to get everybody wearing the outfits i Mm. want them to do got to plan the outfits but to be able to look back on those photos yeah. ourselves now is just amazing but for our children in the future is just yeah so important you know to yeah for, for me to look back on photos that my dad took of my mum 
and mm. us is amazing and I'm sure it's the same for you with your dad yeah, as well you yeah know? absolutely and, and I regret you know I don't think you ever think god I wish I hadn't had that photo taken but I do regret not having more photos of my dad not having more photos with my dad so yeah you never ever regret having a photo shoot will no. you so we're trying to sell to the converted here I think yeah, I know, I know. it's just it's just that we've we've just always said that so you kind of get used to it but yeah yeah so true and also well there's a lot of wedding photographers on here that that don't do that many family shoots and now that they are trying to add a different kinds of photography into what they're doing at the moment while weddings are there's not so many that's just a really good message to to give to your clients you know this is a really important thing to do so you know it is definitely can I just on that note can I just do a quick shameless plug Eddie go on shameless plug alert (laughs) shameless plug so I think I've mentioned it on a couple of episodes that during lockdown I moved my delight retreat into a six-week online program and it's going to be starting in January so not too long now the doors will be opening early Jan and we're going to be kicking off mid-Jan so perfect time because it's quiet season for family photographers anyway so brilliant time to kick off 2021 in the right place and we go through everything that you need to know as a family photographer from branding to marketing to how to run your sessions how to run the sales so to get on my wait list and then you'll get emailed as soon as the doors open and I won't bombard you I don't spam you or anything you need to go to vickynights.co.uk forward slash photographers and just click on there and get on the wait list and I'll send you all of the details. But And I only take a very small group because it's we have Zoom calls every week. It's really intimate and I hold your hand through the whole thing. So it's a very small group. So I'm expecting places to go quickly. So you've got to be on that wait list to find out details. Was that a good plug? Fabulous. Shameless plug <laughs> End ending yeah. now. <laughs> Can we put like a jingle behind it so it sounds like an ad? Yeah, no, it's not an ad. <laughs> no, I know. It was just a little, just see, well, it's important that we say what we're up to. Well, well. exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, should we talk about who we've got on today? Yeah, go for it. Do you want me to say? Yeah, you so, say. We have the very lovely Onami Tonkin, who is a US family photographer. She's also co-founder of the Family Narrative Retreats, which I'm sure if you're based in the States, you definitely would have heard of that. And she's also the host of her own podcast, which is called This Can't Be That Hard. She's really good at the business stuff. And we wanted to get her on to talk all about online sales. So how to sell more from your online galleries. And it was a really fascinating talk, wasn't it? We really grilled her. But both me and Eddie have been doing online galleries for, I've always done online galleries for 12 mm. years. You transitioned, didn't you, from in-person yes. sales to online galleries. And it's just really fascinating having, you know, hearing different ways of how people do it. So it is. Yeah. And Onami just does things in a slightly different way. She sort of combines a bit of what she used to do in in-person sales with online gallery to sort of get that excitement. Anyway, I should yeah. um, let her talk I, through it I think, Yeah, it's fascinating to get different points of view, though. So, yeah. you know, especially when you might be, obviously, if you were doing in-person sales and now you're you're having to change to online galleries, you know, this could be a really good starting point for you. And feel free to ask us any questions at how we do it as well. You know, please do that. And we can always do a little back chat section yeah, as well. So. And we should just say as well that there is, we do go into a bit more of the juicy detail in the patron version. So you can join for just $5 a month, then you'll get that full episode with all the extra juicy bits that we go through. Yeah, it's definitely worthwhile doing that. Yeah. So shall we pass over to Onami? Oh, quickly before we head over to Onami, if anyone's interested, I'm going to just be talking a little bit more about my experience with the 
Canon mirrorless that I've just got, the R6. I get lots of questions on Instagram and email. So I thought I'd just go through a few pointers of things that I've found so far. So if you're interested in that, then please hang around for the outro. I mean, hang around anyway, because, you know, it's us yeah. talking. But, don't go. Uh, yeah, We're very go. interesting. <laughs> so yeah, just to let you know that that's coming on after that. Anyway, as we said, let's hand over to Onomi. This episode is brought to you by Folio Albums, who are passionate about handcrafting the highest quality products for professional photographers. So head over to folioalbums.com and use the code SHOOTEDIT40 to receive 40% discount off a studio sample album. Off you go. So we have with us today the very lovely Onami Tonkin, and we're going to be talking all about her sales strategy. So welcome to the show, Onami. It's really lovely Thank to Thank you. you. It's here. so nice to be here. And we always start off, I think you've listened to our podcast, haven't you, before? Uh, a lot, yes. Good. Um, so we always start by saying, what is the most memorable thing that's happened to you in the last few weeks? Can be happy, sad. We're not encouraging sad ones, of course, but personal <laughs> work. Right. It's these days I feel like it's good to try and focus as much on the positive as possible, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So right now, and I sort of mentioned this before we hit the record button, but I'm recording this from the floor of a bedroom in a little rental cottage at the coast back in the summer when they announced that my kids were gonna be virtual for school all fall. I snapped up a little place. I went in with friends of mine to rent this little place. So we just moved in for the month, which required a lot of like shifting around of my normal fall photography schedule, but it's very exciting. We're right on the ocean and it's really pretty and Hopefully the oh, Wi-Fi holds sounds, up for this interview. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Why did you decide lovely. to do that? You just wanted to be near the coast while you had the kids at home? Kind of. It's a change of scenery thing. I also took up kiteboarding a couple of years ago. Oh, cool. I'm still very much a beginner, but I'm on the Outer Banks in North Carolina right now, which is like four hours from where I live. And this is one of the places in the world that's really known for kite surfing and so that's my ulterior motive and do you do that all through the winter as well or are you more it gets a little too cold and Mm -hmm. the the wind isn't as good but the fall is really as long as we're not in the midst of a hurricane this is usually yeah Yeah. (laughs) high season for that yeah yeah that's the other thing I sort of feel like when you ask memorable like may as well do something that they couldn't do if we were in normal school. And yeah, thanks to short-term rental stuff, we're able to basically offset the cost by renting out the other house. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good idea because then they do their virtual lessons all day and then you can just go to the beach in the afternoon. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, that's a great idea. Yeah. Fingers crossed it'll be a nice sort of change of scenery after nine months of being in our house. Yeah. Oh, has Lovely. it been? Have you been doing homeschooling for nine months now? Yeah, although my kids are old enough, well, since March, whenever that was, but yeah, my kids are old enough now that they really are pretty well self-managed. They're Mm. almost 11 and 14, so we're all kind of working remotely. Yeah. 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 I wish my 12-year-old was as self-sufficient. My 15-year-old is, but not my 12. So they're back at school, a lot are back at school at the moment. So yeah, yeah. such a relief. Fingers crossed that lasts. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, waffling on about (laughs) COVID as usual. Tell us a bit more about your background and how you got into photography. Sure. So I was... (laughs) 
My career path in my 20s moved around a lot. And I was actually, I had gone back to school to become a nurse to then go on through a master's program in midwifery. And I was about halfway through that program. And I was having sort of this crisis of like, uh, I really love this model and I believe in it, but this isn't, I don't think this is actually what I want to be when I grow up. And of course I was 30, so it (laughs) it felt like I was already grown up. (laughs) And I wasn't, yeah, I just had no idea what other direction I wanted to go into. I enjoy a lot of different things. And it was raised like, oh, your photos are great. And I was like, yeah, but that's not a career. And then that idea started to kind of take root and I took some time off of my master's program, which ended up being a permanent leave. And I spent some time taking classes in both photography and business. And then I opened my business in 2010. So it's now officially 10 years and the rest is history. I definitely fall into the group of people where I took photos for fun my whole life, like you do. And then when my older son was born, that was sort of when I got into photographing kids and families and my friends would ask me to do photos. And we all know that story. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. And when did you start the family narrative retreat? How long ago was that? So the family narratives first year was 2017. So March of 2017, we had our first retreat, but Posey, Kate and I, Kate and I go way, way back. We've known each other forever. And then we met Posey at a conference in 2016 and we kind of bonded over our shared frustration at the fact that there wasn't a whole lot out there at the time for family photographers Mm. specifically that was really actually focused on running a business. There was a lot of I don't know. It seemed like it was more of a social thing than anything else. And we wanted something a little more substantive than that. And then like that conversation just kept going. And next thing you know, a year later, we had our first retreat. And that's, yeah, that's now we're getting ready for 2021 will be. Are you hoping to do it in 2021? What time of year is it? Is it? Um... So we're doing it in February. And it's going to be, it will be virtual. And we, we basically tried to, we got really lucky. So our last retreat ended right as things were shutting down. So we had our in-person retreat and then and then we had an entire year to figure out how we were going to manage the next year. So unlike, you know, I feel terrible for so many different events and event planners mm. trying to put things together on the fly. We had some more time. So yeah, we're excited yeah. about trying to take advantage of the positive sides of virtual learning. Yeah. Where do you normally do it? Is it normally in the same... Is it Palm Springs or have I got that completely wrong? No, no. We, there are so many things on the West Coast of the United States that we decided to kind of go the opposite direction. Our first three years were in New Orleans, which is in the Southeast. Oh, yeah. And then this past year we did Atlanta, also in the Southeast. That would yeah. work really well for us, Vicky, the East Coast. Well, well I was just going to say, because we've been to click away three times and we come out kind of as pressed to interview people. So that was on our list before, you know, pandemic kicked in. So uh, yeah. You never yeah. know in the future, hopefully. That's right. to make it. So we like to help our listeners to make more money from their sessions. That's what we're all about. And we like to entertain them as well, obviously. And we know that you're really well known for your amazing sales process. So we're going to go through that today and we're going to make it really actionable for people. So we're really going to drill down and find out exactly what you do. So let's just start right from the beginning. When you get an inquiry come through, what do you think is the best way to respond to them? Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? 
Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Yeah, so this is a topic that I actually feel could be its own lesson just by itself because whether or not... so you mentioned the system that I teach and that system has a whole bunch of components, but this is like its own little breakaway nugget of information with, or, you know, like a, an actionable piece, which is that I very, very strongly recommend that people skip emailing a response or only email their inquiries insofar as to make an appointment to get on the phone with them. And getting on the phone could also mean getting on a Zoom call or anything like that. But I say that this needs to be a dialogue, not a monologue, because I feel like what that does, number one, is it sets you apart. Let's say that somebody's like, I'm going to have a family session done for my family. I'm going to find five different photographers that I sort of like, and I'm going to send them the same cut and paste email, and then I'm going to wait and see what they respond. So four of them write back and say, here are my prices. Here's a 30-page PDF that you can read through. And basically, you're giving that person a lot of work because it's never apples to apples. Every photographer prices their stuff differently. So you're asking someone to go through, even if you've got it all beautifully laid out, you're asking them to do the work of figuring out what you're actually trying to tell them and what the meat of it is at the end. Whereas if you get on the phone with them, First of all, you can establish like a personal connection, like, oh, how did you hear about me? Or, you know, where do you live? Oh, I know somebody in your neighborhood or our kids go to the same school or whatever that point of connection can be. And you can build on that a little bit. You develop that rapport and then you're talking them through your whatever it is that you offer. And you're able to make that really clear and confirm in your own mind. One of the things that's actually happening right now I have a a Facebook group and there's been a few conversations about people who have booked a session and then afterward it comes up that there was some confusion about the pricing and that awkward, I mean, we've all been there. I feel like that initial phone call gets rid of 95% of that. If you have said to somebody, this is what the prices are, and let's say that you don't include all the digital files in what they pay up front, you know that they understand that because they are confirming for you verbally that that that, you know, that they do understand that. And so I feel like it sets you apart. It makes sure that what you've said is clear and it gives you that opportunity to kind of put a more personal spin on it. And I find that my phone call conversion rate is a whole lot Mm. higher. Now, obviously sometimes the price is too high or it's not what they want, whatever. But one way or the other, I know that I'm just not getting ghosted. It also weeds out the sort of less serious people because if somebody then doesn't book a phone call with you, they probably were never going to book an actual session with you. So do you book the phone call in? You don't just call them on the fly, then you actually say, let's book a time in to speak? I've done it a few different ways. I have now eliminated the contact form 
more or less from my website altogether. People just literally go on and they sign up for a phone call via Acuity. Uh So I do put my email on there. So somebody, I mean, sometimes people will reach out to me via email, but I make it really clear on my website. I start this conversation with a phone call. And then if they email me, I write back and say, great, here's that link to the phone call thing. Can't wait to chat with you. It's so funny that you say, because literally, I don't know how many episodes we've done this series. I think every single episode we've talked about this with people. Just oh, yeah. You've probably heard me and Eddie joking that we don't like the phone. I think Eddie's a little bit worse than me. I, will I, do I don't like it, but I will do it. <laughs> you will do it. Yeah. But we both know how valuable it is. And if you do pick up the phone call, just how many more clients do convert? Because it, it does make, it's that human connection isn't it it just makes such a difference it is and I also think that it's important to remember that it's a two-way phone call this is Mm. also for you to understand whether somebody is going to be a good fit for you yeah and I know that especially when people are new and they're trying to get more clients and you know there's that knee-jerk kind of anybody who calls me I want to book them but there are toxic clients out there who Mm. will actually make it harder for you to continue running your business or will be a total drain on your energy. They take all the fun out of being your own boss. And I feel like that phone call also gives you an opportunity to see like, oh, I don't actually want to work with this person. And I'm going to say, you know what? I think that it would be better for you to find a different photographer. I think that that sometimes takes some experience in understanding that as well, doesn't it? Because if you have that gut feeling where you're like, well, oh, it's not quite right. You know, they're pushing the boundaries a bit here on mm. what I do. That's when you go, mm, no, I don't think they're the client for me, actually. And you should push, like you say, push them onto somebody else that maybe does do what they want. So, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah, It does take a certain amount of experience and confidence to say, I trust my intuition on this. Mm. I just feel like it's sort of one of those things where if you're actually talking to people, you're going to feel those gut instincts a lot more quickly and accurately and so hopefully the learning curve is shorter yeah that's true I mean you've talked a bit there about how to make things clear to clients and educating them and you we know that it's important that there's no surprises so how do you do this efficiently Yeah. So that's the other thing about phone calls that I love is that they are, I feel like pretty efficient. Sometimes you'll send an email to somebody and they just read the email and book straight away. But oftentimes there's all this back and forth. So you're really not, it ends up being faster just to get on a 15 minute phone call, but education 100%. And I teach that sort of as the first step in my system. And I always say it's the first step, but it's a step that lasts all the way from the very beginning of your interaction with a potential client all the way until you are like saying goodbye to them and until next time. So yeah, so I teach education in three forms. I think verbal communication, obviously being one, email and written communication is certainly another. And I do one of the things that I say is really important. I don't actually book clients over the phone, even if they're like, great, let me give you my credit card information. I say, wonderful, we're going to get off the phone and I'm going to send you everything that I've just covered with you in writing. Because I do think it's important to have sort of a paper trail, if you will, to make sure that people are signing off on the right thing, the same thing. And then the third, the newest part of my communication and education arsenal is video And I've been making a lot more videos for my clients about everything from, it's sort of that it is in conjunction with my FAQ and the the stuff that I send them in their 
prep guide, I do lots of little videos about like how to manage your online gallery and how to use the store and all those different things that I know people get tripped up on. I will also send them videos ahead of our session. And I pre-record all of these mm. in such a way that I can send them to multiple clients. They aren't necessarily just for one client. So I'm saving myself time, but I also find that people seem to absorb that information a lot better than they mm. do when they have to read through paragraphs of things. So how are you sending those? Is that like a Vimeo link or how, how do you send them? Yeah, so I upload them to Vimeo, but I record them. I have ScreenFlow, which is yeah. like a paid software thing. Mm, it's not terribly expensive, but the one that a lot of my students are using is Loom, and that mm. is that has a free option. Do you? I think some people might be put off thinking they've got to make you know really professional videos. Are these just filmed on your phone, or are they? How do you? Do yeah, them? well, some of them are direct to camera, like the person can see me, but a lot of them are just screencasts. So it's oh, a voiceover okay. where they're seeing my computer screen and I'm walking them through something. It's kind of like being next to them and just showing them how to do something. And I'm actually a really big stickler for this does not need to be professional. It doesn't mm -hmm. need to sound great. If your dog is barking in the background, you can totally just be like, oh, <laughs> there's the dog. Because it's actually another way, what we do is a personal thing. You know, we go once upon a time, we would go into people's houses, but you know, we're seeing their families and we're getting to know them. So I think it's really important not to get hung up on the idea that something needs to look like you had it produced at NBC or something mm, like it's yeah. a, a, you're just, thing. you're recording this as a favor, you know, like as a, Hey, let me help you out. And that's yeah. all it needs to be. Yeah, I really love that idea, actually, like yeah. you know, explaining how to use the gallery and stuff like that. That's really good. Yeah, yeah it's a really good idea. Something for the quieter months <laughs> to get yeah. another thing to add to my list. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I talk about it the same way that, you know, if you have email templates that you, when you yeah. notice that you're writing the same email over mm. and over again, you sit down and you just like, the next time you have to write it, yeah. you just write it nicely and mm. put it in a template folder. Same thing with the videos. Like yeah. if there's something that people get hung up on, these videos can be a minute long. But when you have a library of them in Vimeo or YouTube or one of those, and somebody sends an email, or if you anticipate that they're going to have that problem, you can write an email and be like, here's a link to your gallery. If you're having any problems figuring out how to download your files, here's the quick video that I made to show you how to do that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. great customer service. I love that. Hmm. So all of this that we're talking about, you do online galleries, don't you? And that's the system that you teach. So can you talk us through why you made the change from in-person sales to online galleries? Yeah. So this is really kind of the crux of what I teach. I was doing in-person sales for the first seven years of my business because when we started, I mean, when I started out in 2010, that was like, this is how you make money as a photographer is you go and you set up a screen in somebody's home and you show them all the things and you you know, projected on the wall. And anyway, and I, I did that and it was profitable and I, it was fine. I didn't actually mind the in-person sales thing. And I know a lot of people are kind of like put off by that. I was initially intimidated about it, but then once I learned how to do it, it's kind of the same thing as with the videos. Like it didn't have to be this crazy song and dance. It was just like me showing yeah. up and helping them figure it out. So that was all fine and good. And then in 2017, I got divorced and all of a sudden, like all of my income had to be, or all of my, like everything had to be paid by just me. <laughs> mm. So I was at this crossroads where my business was doing really well and it was profitable and I was busy. Like I was pretty fully booked. 
And I looked at my bottom line and it just wasn't enough money to cover all of my expenses. But the problem was I didn't feel like I had any time to add more clients. So Mm. when I looked at how I was spending my time, so much of my time was being spent after the fact after the session itself in that sales process. So, you know, there's like the back and forth of going to like scheduling and then actually showing up at their house and the commute. And then anyway, it was a whole thing. And I realized if I can't streamline this, I'm going to have to figure out a different way to earn a living. So what I did was I sat down and sort of thought through how I could take that in-person sales experience and what it was that made that more profitable than online sales or all-inclusive sales and translate it into something that was online. I use PickTime as my gallery software and I was pretty new to PickTime at that point and I was actually feeling really frustrated because their online store was so beautiful and like the way that they presented their stuff was so pretty but none of my clients would ever go in there because of course they did the online or the in-person sales So I was trying to figure out a way that I could sort of take advantage of that online store. And that was when I kind of came up with this system that takes all these lessons that I had learned doing in-person sales and the way that people actually make decisions and put it into an online gallery system. So it was kind of like a, it's a little bit of a hybrid. It really is all online. None of it is in person, but it's hybrid in that it's not just like throwing the photos up there and expecting clients yeah. to figure out the process. Yeah. Right. So, think, oh, sorry. No, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think so many people, you know, I see in forums a lot when people say, you know, if you don't do in like in-person sales, then you're leaving money on the table. Eddie switched from in-person sales to online galleries. I've always done online, online galleries because my kids were very small at the time. Yeah. I didn't want to be selling in the evenings. But, you know, I get sales. I mean, I'm trying to convert it to dollars, you know, two and a half thousand dollars plus a lot of the time mm-hmm. from online galleries. And people are always surprised about that if you say that in Facebook groups because they just assume that you're making a few hundred quid and that's it from an online gallery. Yeah. Or they think that clients are just taking all the photos and they're, go away with them so yeah so we totally are with you on this because I know a lot of people are you know love in-person sales and wouldn't do anything else so I I think some people don't really know what's available in in the slideshow community uh, not slideshow the the online gallery community now you know there's so many amazing tools out there that you can use like in pick time and shoot proof and stuff so how do you send your galleries do you send a slideshow or just a gallery or what what is it that you do Yeah. So I just want to go back to the education piece and say that one of the most important things, no matter what your strategy is, is always to make sure that your clients know what to expect. So the only surprises we want in this business are the, oh my God, my kids were so horrible during the session and I'm so surprised at how beautiful the photos are. I love that. They're like, how Um, did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) What session were you shooting? Yeah, exactly. So Other than that, I want at every single step, I want people to be like 100% clear on what's about to happen. And this is actually one of the sort of trickier parts of the simple sales system, or it's one of the more surprising things for people when they're learning about it is that when I send a gallery, I actually just send a slideshow. The slideshow has all the photos from the session in it, but I send that slideshow and they only get access to it for 24 hours. So Back in the in-person sales days, when someone came into my 
studio or when I went to their home, the first thing we did was we sat down and we watched a slideshow of their mm. images. And that's pretty standard for in-person sales. And the reason that you do that is you kind of set the mood. They get to see all their photos without getting hung up on like, oh, I look weird in that photo or my husband keeps making that weird face or whatever. They just sort of see the overall images. And, you know, that was when I would have the tissues out and all that yeah, sort of stuff. The music. And it's really, it's an effective way of just kind of setting this baseline. And then you start talking about wonderful. You love your photos. Let's talk about how we're going to get these on your walls. When, so when you, oh, sorry, oh, carry yeah. on. No, carry on. Cause you might have been about to answer my question. Carry on. I'm talking so much. That's <laughs> okay. So, you, ca- you carry on. We're all talking over each other the whole time with this. It's so we've no, all got so much no. to say. So much to say. Well, it's a I know for a simple sales system, yeah. it is. It does have a lot of pieces to it. So anyway, but the gallery, or rather the slideshow piece, I want them to have that experience of seeing their photos and sort of loving on them and sharing them with their parents or their friends or whatever. But I don't want them to get to a point where the novelty has worn off. And Mm -hmm. that I feel like, you know, of course people love their photos forever and ever and ever. But I often talk about like, if I were to draw a graph of how people respond to their photos, it would be like way up high at the beginning where they're like super, super excited and all the emotions are really high. And then it goes down to like, they're just not, they don't think about them. And that happens quicker than you give it credit for. Life gets in the way, they're busy. And then like 15 years down the road, they look at those photos and they cry all over again. Yeah. And if I could sell them their photos 15 years from now, great. But I actually have to make money now. So I have to take advantage of that like initial bloom of love with the full knowledge that I'm not tricking them. 15 years down the road, they're going to thank themselves and they would pay 10 times that much to get those photos. But Mm. in the meantime, we're selling them in the present. Can I just ask a couple of questions about the slideshow that you sent them? So is that via PickTime as well then? So PickTime hosts slideshows, but there's not like a slideshow creation tool in there. So I use smart slides. People use Animoto or just Lightroom or whatever like you can there are a hundred different ways to do that particular part of it but and you just send them a link to it so it's just a link that they get to their slideshow so yeah so pick time a year and a half ago got in touch with me because my online gallery sales were high and said what are you doing to get these sales averages and when I explained the system to them they actually we collaborated on creating an app so now all of that is streamlined for my clients in PickTime via this Simple Sales app, which is available to anybody who uses PickTime. But I always say like the system itself, I built it. And as long as you have an online gallery system that offers a store, you can use the system. You just have to do some of it manually. So I used to just go in and they would have access to the slideshow for that 24 hours. And then I would go manually take it down. Mm -hmm. Now with the app, they log into their gallery via PickTime, not via Smart Slides, and they see that slideshow and then it automatically disappears 24 hours after they first click into it. And they can't download it then. That's not something they can download and have, no. Well, you can set it up however you want, but the way that yeah. I do it, they can't download it. And they can't, I'm assuming because it's not a gallery as such, they're not able to screen grab their images. Well, not very easily anyway, are they? Yeah, I mean, you could pause the slideshow and screenshot and, you know, I have different, People feel differently about things like watermarks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I generally feel like by the time that we get to that point in the process with my clients, I have spent a lot of time 
talking to the, you know, with my Education. videos and things that I pre-recorded, yeah. yeah. I think that there's enough of a trust factor there that yeah. I'm, I'm not, not the kind of clients that get a screen grab. Yeah, they? exactly. Yeah. If you're screen grabbing from a slideshow, you're not going to be able to do much with that. You're anyway. not going to. I mean, yeah, you could put it on your on your Instagram, and yeah. it would look maybe crappy. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, do you get anybody like you said? You obviously educate people, but do you get anybody that says? no, 24 hours isn't long enough for me to choose my favorites. And have you ever had that? So before I had the app, I would say, you tell me when you're ready for your 24 hours to start. And then I would schedule it to send to them at that time. Now they get an email that says, as soon as you click this link, your 24 hour countdown starts. And the, the thing is, so the next step in the process is that they purchase the collection, but they don't have to purchase the collection during that 24 hour window. It's just that they have 24 hours to look at their slideshow. And yeah. so again, because I'm educating them really thoroughly and they know that this is the way that this works, I don't really get any pushback about the 24 hours. Sometimes people take longer than 24 hours to then purchase their collection but they don't generally say, I didn't get enough time with the, the slideshow. And as soon as they've purchased their collection, they have access to the slideshow. Um, so once they've seen their slideshow and then they've purchased the collection, that's when their gallery then goes online for them to be able to select which images on which products, et cetera. Exactly. So yeah. first step is the slideshow. They watch the slideshow and they decide, and we're I think we're going to get into talking a little bit about the collection concept, but yeah. they make a purchase. And as soon as they make their purchase, their gallery opens so they can see all their photos individually the way that you would with a normal gallery. Yeah. And then at that point, they have a full month to sort of do with those photos what they are allowed to do based on their collection. But they've already paid you at this point as well, have they? But they've they? already yeah. paid me. So and that's, they, yeah, yeah, that's the really important piece of the whole thing is that, again, once when you're trying to take advantage of that novelty factor, the... The, the emotion money, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it goes hand in hand with that because I'm sure that you've both experienced situations where somebody sees their photos, they tell you how much they love them. It's so great. It's so great. And then they disappear. And then a month later or whatever, they're getting in touch with you and they're like, sorry, our car died and we had to yeah. get it replaced and da, da, da. And I thought I was going to buy this giant thing. And now here's my order for three eight by tens. Mm. And, you know, it happens over and over. And part of it is because that novelty factor, they've clicked on the gallery 15 times. In the meantime, they've looked at those photos, they've shared them, they've gotten their likes mm, with their, yeah. from their friends and that motivation to spend money diminishes. Yeah. So, they, so yeah, we, I mean, we're going to talk about the collections more, aren't we? But they, just to make that clear, they do a 24 hour slideshow and then they purchase a collection and that's before the gallery then is there for a month. Yeah. Once they've purchased their collection, then they have a month to sort of fulfill their collection. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about collections then. So what are, because I think this is where a lot of photographers go wrong. When I train photographers and I see their product list, I'm like, whoa, there's so much on there. It's like yeah. Ramsey walking into a restaurant and he's like, your menu's too big. <laughs> so um, yeah. what are the benefits of having collections? Can you talk us through that? 100%. So this is actually, it's funny that you bring up food because that's often a thing. I was a vegetarian for a long time and I'm not now, but when... <laughs> When I was, it was so much easier to go to restaurants because it was like, oh, I have these three things to choose among. And let's say everything on the menu looks really good. That 
indecision based on fear of like making the wrong choice, it's a real thing. And there are loads of studies out there that you can read about how people think they want a lot of choice, but when it comes down to actually making a decision, especially if that decision involves money, they are better served with fewer sort of curated choices. Yeah. So when it comes to products, absolutely, you do not want to bombard people with too many options because especially if you're not doing in-person sales where you're able to kind of lead them like, oh, you're saying this, let me show you this, this is what you want. People want direction, they want recommendations. And that's another thing that I use videos for sort of in that month long period where they're fulfilling their collection. I will send them little videos of like, hey, here's a product spotlight. I wanted to tell you about my favorite, you know, these gallery boards or whatever it might be. I just wanted to show you what this is. Here's what it looks like. And that's one of the instances where I might actually be on camera like I would be in an in-person sales session, kind of showing them in the best way that I can do without actually handing them the product to hold. Yeah, that, that's a great idea, doing a video, because, yeah, usually I'll do some mock-ups and include those in the gallery, but actually to be able to do, to show that a bit more clearly and a bit more in-depth and show how you could change the frame moldings would be really great, actually. Mm. Totally, and people mm. love your excitement about a product. At the end of the day, the photos that you make for people, they're not the expert on framing or how no. to create an album that you know reads well or anything like that. You are the expert. And so they want, most clients are going to want someone to show them like these are the good things. And I guarantee if you think about like things that you don't necessarily know a whole lot about, but you have to purchase for whatever reason, if you've been given a good, product say I hate sales pitch as a phrase just because it sounds so like forceful but let's say that you learn about the benefits of I don't know a certain kind of like kitchen tool or something like that and then your friend comes over and you're cooking dinner and you're using it and they're like oh what's that and you're able to then sort of show them like oh I love this because of x y and z you're giving your clients the language to understand it's part of that education process and in your product list, do you just have collections or do you have an a la carte list and then three collections at the end of it? Both. <laughs> Let's make it confusing for the simplicity's sake. No, actually, so this was another piece of the puzzle when I was trying to go from in-person sales to online sales. I was like, how am I going to make this decision process easy enough for someone that they are going to be able to make a decision in that 24-hour window? Because... It's one thing to educate people ahead of time. It's another thing to throw their photos at them and then be like, now you have to choose, you know, are you going to do a canvas or are you going to do framed? And they get all these ideas because they love all the photos and whatever. So I have simplified. So I knew that I wanted to do collections, but when I was doing in-person sales for a short period of time, I tried to do collections and I very quickly found that people just wanted, they wanted to customize their collection all the time, right? So it was like, you can get four eight by tens and this, and they would be like, oh, instead of the four eight by tens, I want to have a canvas and this, that, and the other. So then I just dropped that and my in-person sales was all a la carte, but I didn't want to have a la carte for people to navigate on their own. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I created these collections that I call flexible collections. And it has basically all of them have the same thing in them, which is digital you know, digital files, and then a certain amount of print credit. And that gives them a lot of flexibility to choose. 
And they're basically just deciding in that 24 hour period, what amount of investment they are willing to put forth. Brilliant. I think what we do is, because I want to drill a bit more into that, but I think we do that in the patron only special. Otherwise the episode will be about two hours long. So I know, I know. And that's, it's good stuff there. Yeah. We're definitely drill down a bit more about that in a minute. Eddie and I are also hugely passionate about selling products to families rather than just digital files. And we know that you are as well. Could you talk to us about why you feel products are more valuable to our clients than just selling them digital images? Yeah. And I actually would go so far as to say selling products to your clients is more valuable for them and ultimately also more valuable for you in the short term and the long term. So I think that in this digital age, people are really used to digital files. And so we all get a lot of people who will inquire and say, I just want digital files. And so as part of that education process, one of the things that I say is, I totally appreciate that you want digital files and I will get you digital files. That is part of what I sell. However, it's also really important to me that if you're going to go to all the trouble to hire a professional photographer, get your family all decked out in their clothes that you've spent a whole bunch of time thinking about and like go on location and all this stuff. I want you to have something at the end of it that you can actually hold in your hands and hang on your wall or look through on your coffee table or whatever it is that you, and there are a lot of different products out there that can be that for you, but I don't want it to be a digital only experience because from long experience, I know that as busy as parents are, you will enjoy those digital files for a little while and then they will find some dusty corner of your hard drive to live and die on. So we're going to make sure that your favorite photos are actually accessible and someplace in your home that you can enjoy regularly. Yeah. So I think it's valuable to them in that way. I look at it really as part of the service that I provide. And then what I have found is that not only does that ultimately increase your your bottom line on what you're selling, it also very much increases the return rate of those clients. So if your photos are sitting in a dusty corner of their hard drive somewhere, they're not thinking about you almost ever. But if you've got some cute, like gap-toothed five-year-old hanging on their wall and that portrait is there and they're walking by it every day and then the teeth grow in and maybe the next kid is missing their teeth and they see that and they're like, uh, we need to call Vicky and Eddie to come back. <laughs> not together. <laughs> but the, yeah, um, That'd be weird. Yeah, it would be weird, but now I didn't want to pick one of you over the other. (laughs) Well done. That was okay. So we need to call it being like a billboard in their home to remind them to call you back. And all their family and friends can see. So we've said before, like you end up, suddenly a friend will go around this, I saw these amazing frames at my friend's house. So can I book you as well? I think they want the same thing. It's marketing, it's free marketing. It is. And we all look at the power of that on Instagram or Facebook, where someone has posted their family Mm. photos and somebody sends them a DM and says, oh, who did these? I love these. But the fact of the matter is we have a thousand friends on Facebook. So it's a wide net that you're casting there. But if someone actually walks into that person's home and sees a photo and comments on it, and then that person makes a recommendation, you can be sure that that person is actually quite close to them Mm -hmm. and therefore takes their recommendation very seriously. So it's actually, I feel like it's a smaller, you know, obviously it's it's a more meaningful recommendation, but it's more meaningful. It's a really powerful tool. Yeah. Mm. I totally agree with everything you were just saying. And I think 
like you say, if you just hand someone or just send someone digital files, that's another thing for them to do. Like for me, yes. I'd be like, oh, I've got to get those. And also they don't know where to get things printed. They probably don't print their own photos. It's all just on mm. their phone or on their computer. So it's just one more thing in their busy lives to do. And exactly like you say, it's just offering that that personal service and just finishing the job, just going, yeah, yeah here's a beautiful product. Absolutely. Yeah. And Vicki, you raise a really good point. I think that a lot of photographers get nervous about saying like, no, you have to have physical prints because I say so. But when you frame it that way, when you say, look, I know how busy you are and I don't want to put the burden on you of having to figure out what to do. And I consider it part of my job to help mm. you get this on your wall. I think that, again, when you have that initial phone call and you're having that conversation on the phone, maybe if they look at a PDF and they see, like, I have to get prints as part of what I'm paying for, they feel like, oh, they're just charging me more. But if yeah. you're on the phone and you explain that to them, then they see it as, oh, this is part of a service, which it's really helps justify the money they're spending. Yeah, 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 absolutely. If you're enjoying this chat and you want to hear more, we ask some further probing questions exclusively for our members. So if you want to get this extra content, join us for just $5 a month and you'll get the exclusive episode sent straight to your favourite podcast app and you'll get all of the previous special members episodes as well. So just go to shooteditchatrepeat.com forward slash membership to join the party. You don't want to miss out. So tell us how our listeners can find you online. Absolutely. So you can find my education stuff all under thiscan'tbethathard.com. And I also have a podcast where I talk about this kind of thing. And I'm going to have to, we're going to have to switch off and have you guys over there one of these Yay, days. Yay, oh, we'd, we'd love, love that. to. We'd love to. Yeah. So that's all under this can't be that hard. And then specifically, I teach about the simple sales system and about the membership. And those are all, you, know, you can find that on that website. And then on Instagram, it's at this can't be that. Perfect. And just for anyone um, that's listening to the free version of the podcast, when Onami just mentioned about the uh, membership, we talked about that in the patron only special, just in case you're thinking, what have I missed? Um, <laughs> well worth coming along and it listening is. to the patron. It only. is, because we talked yeah. all about that. But thank yeah. you so much, Onami. I thought that was fantastic. It's literally got my brain like whirring. So it was brilliant. Yeah. No, it was my pleasure. And I am glad that the internet and all of the tech issues didn't get in the way. It's such a just about, so just about. <laughs> your names and get to actually chat with you yeah it was oh, really nice lovely. and hopefully one day we'll be over for uh, what's it called can't Family remember narrative, no, no but i was thinking was oh. it a convention retreat oh, i was thinking festival. <laughs> no retreats that's it it all sounds fun though that would be <laughs> lovely yes one of these days we will all be back on planes and visiting oh, one i hope hopefully, so hopefully yeah. well we will we will just hopefully it's not too long Indeed. Oh, good. Well, I hope you guys have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you so All much. Right. Bye. Bye. We want to tell you a little bit more about this week's sponsor, Folio Albums. They are much more than just an album supplier. They're here to support you and your business with their passion for providing exceptional customer service to the photography industry. And I can speak from first-hand experience. Their customer service is amazing. They offer a free album design service. Yes, that's free. A range of helpful photographers' resources and their friendly customer team are on hand for any questions or advice. 
Thank you so much to Folio Albums for sponsoring this episode. We couldn't do it without you. Well, thank you so much, Anami, for coming on the show. I think everybody's going to have taken so much from that episode. It was just yeah. so actionable, like you said. And I've said so, so many times that I want to punch <laughs> myself in the face. But we just wanted to say as well, if you've got any questions on how Vicky and I do our online gallery systems or any questions about about them at all, then just send us a quick message and we'll do a, a back chat section in the next episode so we can sort of follow up from that. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me, Eddie. Good. So <laughs> what are we doing now, Vicky? Are we going to do our repeat recs or are we going to talk repeat about my camera? Recs. We're going no, to do let's repeat, do repeat recs. recs first. Okay. Yeah. And now for the part of the show that you've all been waiting for. Repeat Rex, where Vicky and Eddie give their amazing recommendations to grow your business and improve your life. Repeat Rex is brought to you by Shootproof Online Galleries, helping you focus on what matters most. Just go to shooteditchatrepeat.com forward slash friends for details and a special 25% off for our listeners. So tell me what your repeat rec is. So mine is actually, can I do, a, I've got a couple of podcasts that I've been listening oh, to. So I'm just wow. going to say a couple, actually it might be even three, but firstly, again, this sounds like a bit of a shameless plug, but I was on the Photo Biz X podcast talking about how to run profitable mini sessions. And I thought, because this episode is all about family yeah. photography, lots of people will find that really interesting. So just go into your podcast app, whatever you use, type in Photo Biz X and you'll see the episode with me. So yeah, it's, I mean, I go into a lot more detail in his premium one, but you'll still get loads of valuable information just in the free one as well. It's um, really also, bad, isn't um, it, that I haven't listened to that yet. That's... I know, but it has been <laughs> half term and, it, and also we're in tier two. It basically feels like we're in, we're in lockdown again. And I just, it's like the juggle is real the last few days. I'll so. let you off. Thank you so much. If you haven't listened in the next week, then I'm going to defriend okay. you. Okay. Oh my God, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, my other one. So obviously at the moment, it's really important that we look after our health because health has to come first because without our health, we don't have anything else, do we? So, and I think now going into the winter, especially, um, mm. I'm really trying to focus on my health a bit more. And I think it's really important that we all do. And that's yeah. mental and physical health. So I've just yes. been listening to a few podcasts to help with that. Yeah. One of them is a podcast called, it's called Good Life Well Lived, but she's actually now rebranded it as the switch off sessions just for yeah. lockdown, well, not for lockdown, for the winter season. And it's all about how, you know, working from home and separating your sort of boundaries between work and home and mental health and physical health. And I think she's releasing a couple of episodes every week. So definitely subscribe to that. I was also on that podcast as well. I think it was another on shameless year, plug. It's like literally like <laughs> one shameless plug. They might suddenly the go down. <laughs> this is the Vicky Nights episode. Go, oh, <laughs> I wasn't actually going to say that but then I suddenly thought oh I was on that one but yes yeah, so I was on that one a while ago talking about photography and how it helps your mental health but yes yeah, so her switch off sessions are really good and also we have mentioned this one before but just to mention again Fern Cotton's Happy Place she's had a few brilliant people on recently I listened to Wim Hof when I was driving yesterday mm. and you know the Iceman and yes he's yeah just... no he's brilliant the breathing technique yeah and, guy. yeah and he but his podcast with Fern is so good I mean he shouts a lot oh, so you feel like you're getting he? a real you need a bit of a lie down yeah 
it made me think because I was doing the cold shower thing and then as it started getting a bit colder I just sort of stopped because I prefer to have a warm shower yeah and he really starts telling you all the science about it why we need to be doing it how it's so good for your immune system so it really motivated me no I can't wait to have a cold shower which is weird that is weird (laughs) that's just weird but if he's motivating you that much through what he's saying that's incredible Honestly, he, the science backing it is incredible. So, yeah, so I've gone back to having, I mean, I always start with a warm shower, but just turning it freezing cold at the end. It's not pleasant, but he tells you exactly why it's so good for you. So, yeah, I really recommend that one as well. Cool. So well, I have, I've got a podcast that is in the same vein that I've been recommended, but I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm going to save it. Because you know me, I don't have okay, a long fine. list of repeat recs. So <laughs> yeah, I would save that one. <laughs> So uh, tell me about it afterwards so I can listen too. Um, So what is your repeat rec? So I was going to recommend the bird design shop. So I never know whether if you say it like bird design or just it just blends in together bird design. (laughs) <laughs> like that anyway similar. <laughs> yeah so I've I've used them for years I haven't used it yeah. so much recently but they because since Canva came along and you can design your own templates for things like on Instagram or brochures mm. or price list that kind of thing and you know and marketing materials I've used their templates for years and years and years anyway at the moment they have a COVID-19 safety guidelines illustration package so and it's all ready for social media and it's specifically for photographers so I think it's really nice actually it's really good so you can download it on their website and you can use it on your social media I think it it looks really nice and really professional so something that maybe you could include in a newsletter or to send to clients as well so I think it's brilliant so head along to birddesignshop.com um, what is it like safety guidelines for your shoot, like to give to clients? Yes. So the the way that you, you know, COVID-19, you know, wearing a mask and washing your hands right. and using, having hand sanitizer and making sure you haven't got a temperature before on the shoot. So, you know, so it works both ways as well. So that you're saying that you're a COVID secure business, which obviously oh, then, yeah, which is great because obviously it means, especially when we're going into the higher tiers and it makes it more yeah. complicated to be able to work inside. I think it's a really good thing to be able to say, look, I, well, you know, legally you have to have that information available anyway, but to be able to say, I'm a COVID-19 secure business, please don't worry. You know, I'm taking all the precautions that I need to is a, yeah. is a really good t- uh, thing to do at this time. So yeah, go and yeah, have a look because cool. it's a really, really beautifully designed template. I think. Is and, it free? Did you say? Yes, that one is free. Yeah. So, yes, oh, great. which is brilliant. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> good repeat, Rex. Yes. We always say that. We always um, compliment ourselves. I know, it's so we? good. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we brilliant? <laughs> you just heard this week's repeat, Rex, brought to you by Shootproof Online Galleries. Just go to shooteditchatrepeat.com forward slash friends for details and a special 25% off for our listeners. Okay, so now we've finished Repeat Rex. Do you want to talk to us about your new Canon camera? Oh, yeah. I mean, feel free to ask me any questions as well. But Okay, um, let, me, let, me, let me interview you. We, okay. This is off the cuff. We've planned this. Yeah, it, so, yeah. firstly, what is the biggest and best difference you've seen from your Canon Mark 
Oh my God, 5D Not Mark III. <laughs> From the 5D Mark III, the Arctic. Uh, yeah, the what's the biggest thing, difference? The biggest difference is definitely got to be the autofocus and the eye tracking, move, the movement yeah. tracking, which is obviously comes into line with why everyone was moving over to Sony. But it really is incredible. And you can set it so that it can see people and animals. So yeah. if you're on a shoot where, you know, you're photographing the family pet, but not that anyone would bring their cats, but really like dogs, I mean, then even if they're really, really moving around, like I did a shoot and it was a puppy, it just picked up the puppy's mm. eyes and it was amazing. So um, do you have, because uh, my, my Sony does that, but I have to either put it on humans or pets. Do you have to move it, but, you know, choose one or the other? Or does it just what, do There is an option that says no priority. So you can, right, does, okay. I'm sure you can both. probably do that on the, yeah. Right, yeah. well, that's good. Yeah, it's so, really good, actually. So have you noticed that the eye tracking has made a big difference? Yes, to your, absolutely. To how many it, shots you get in focus? Yeah, because I like to shoot pretty wide open anyway. So knowing that that's tracking the eye and it just is just unbelievable how many pictures you get in focus because it's tracking the eye. And you can also, so I've noticed, it's taken quite a while to get used to because it's quite complicated the amount of different options there are with the autofocus. But you can also swap the eye that it focuses on. So say you're on a, a personal branding shoot and it's chosen the eye that's further away and you're like, I don't want you mm. to focus on that eye. There is a way that you can change it to the other eye. So that's that's a oh, that's really good. clever. That's really clever as well. So um, yeah. it's just getting your muscle memory to be able to do it quickly. Yeah. You know, because quite often yeah. at the moment I'm on the shoot and go, oh, yeah, oh, right, yeah. we're ready. Yeah. So it's just it's it, that's the only thing that's tricky because everything else about moving over from the Canon Mark III to the the mirrorless was so easy. It was literally pick it up, mm. everything seemed familiar. But getting used yeah. to the new way of focusing and not worrying about having to focus and recompose as well. Yes, um, yeah, that yeah. was the biggest change I yeah. found. And there's also a touch and drag focus option where you can, while you're doing a shoot, you can put your thumb onto your screen at the back, your LCD screen at the mm. back, and you can drag your thumb around to the point that you want to focus on and then let yeah. go and it will focus on that point, which is really amazing i don't know if the sony does that yeah it does i i actually turned that off because i kept doing it with my nose <laughs> so, um, yeah so if, if you're using the viewfinder and suddenly your nose touches it it changes the focus point i know you can't so i just turn the screen off because i yeah. don't tend to use i don't tend to use the focus on there that much yeah. i mean i just use the iaf pretty much all the time, all the time. unless i'm photographing a group and then you know you can't then choose which person so then i yes. tend to do it manually Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have to I have it's to change so over easier. from the eye tracking to one point focusing. And there's like a real fine point focusing option as well, rather than you know, like the little square the, you know yeah. that's your focusing point there's one which is a square with a smaller square inside it and it's like a really fine point focusing. so when you're not photographing people because otherwise it's looking for an eye and it doesn't know where to focus so there's yeah you, it's that's just another thing to get used to just in your muscle memory you know to switch over if you're photographing yeah. food or a pile of books or you know something like that so yeah because yeah. like you say it's amazing how much muscle memory we do get it's like mm. driving a car isn't it so yeah. trying to relearn something a different way is is tricky but it doesn't take yeah. too long it doesn't take too long it's good until I got my adapter which just arrived like literally oh, last has week it? Oh, that's good. yes yeah I was using both cameras so I was yeah. finding 
that I, you know, my muscle memory was somewhere in between both of them. So that was yeah. really confusing. So I definitely will just stick to the mirrorless now. I tend to only shoot with one camera anyway. So yeah, you only fine. shoot with one, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I shot with Canon and Sony for a while, but with one, cause I shoot with two bodies and I just realized my brain isn't good enough for that because they're yes. just, it, you yeah. do, they're just completely different to shoot with. So you'd pick yeah. up one camera and be like, ah, that, so, that um, button's not yeah. there. It's over there. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And how's the adapter working? Yeah, the adapter's great, actually. I've, you know, I've been able to put my 50mm, because I've, I've got the 85 1.2 RF lens, yeah. which is really gorgeous. And then I've been able to put is my it? 50 yeah. on the adapter and just swap that on there. And I got one with a control ring as well, so you can set yeah. whatever you like on that control ring, whether it's exposure compensation, ISO, whatever you want it to be and the bokeh that I'm getting from the 50 on the or bokeh sorry yeah but I was gonna say have I been I saying it say wrong all these years? Yeah, no I've been saying it wrong I say it wrong <laughs> I always say bokeh and it's wrong that's wrong but <laughs> it yeah it's just Ks, no I know I'm just an idiot <laughs> yeah it's amazing it looks incredible so and, and yeah. obviously the way it deals with low light is just amazing as well it's just I mean I did a, a shot downstairs in a restaurant with hardly any natural light and it was on like 12,800 ISO. I mean, it goes up to 100, yeah. 100,000. Wow. I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> but, you know, even no. on this like nearly 13,000 ISO, it looked like I was shooting it on 800 ISO. So, wow. Yeah. It's, it My God, cool. we could have only dreamt about that like I 10 know. years ago, couldn't we? I, you know? I remember, I remember back, you know, when I didn't have brilliant cameras as well, where if I went over like 1600, I'd be like, yeah. oh, this is going to be really dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even 1600, I mean, like when I was shooting with like the Canon Mark one or even the Mark two, yeah. you know, anything over about a thousand would be, just, you know, yeah. And it, it. It, yeah. And even on the, even on the Mark three, I think I can tell once it's over yeah. 800. So, yeah. you know, I prefer to sort of stick to lower if I can but yeah, yeah. on the mark three if you get over about I don't know 2000 then yeah you can really start to notice it yeah probably yeah. not so much our clients but we can definitely so yeah yeah it's yes, amazing it's amazing oh good and um, yeah. in terms of the weight is it much lighter it is a little bit lighter so the mark three was two pounds and yeah. I'm just trying to remember these off the top of my head. And the R6 is 1.5 pounds. Okay. The 85 lens for the R6, the RF lens, is just slightly heavier. But altogether, it means it is slightly lighter. And, you know, every little gram counts, doesn't it, really, with weight. Yeah. So yeah, it is lighter. But that's because I've got a massive chunky lens on it. So Yeah, exactly. So it's, it sounds like it's that lens that's heavy. Yeah. And is there anything about it that you don't like? Not at the moment. I still can't get... I seem to twist the screen the wrong way every single time. So yeah. I kind of... I wouldn't mind it if, the, if it didn't have a flip-out screen like that. I don't feel like I need that. And do you use the screen to shoot or are you still using the viewfinder? No, I use the viewfinder, yeah. All yeah. the time? Yes, because I just yeah. prefer it like that. And it, it took a while to get used to it because obviously you're not seeing what you would see with your eye. You'd see, you see a digital version. Yeah. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't shoot with the screen. I, I needed to be able to look through the camera. 
you do quickly get used to that. I remember when I was yeah. shooting with both and then looking through both viewfinders, I'd pick up the Sony and be like, ah, it oh. looks so digital. But yes, now, now it. yeah, now it, I, I really like it, actually. And it's yeah. so nice being able to see actually what you're shooting. Yeah. Being able to see the difference. See the depth of field and, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You don't have to chimp at all, like take no. a shot and then check it. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's great. It's great. No, I'm really, really enjoying it. So, But, okay. you know, I'm not a wedding photographer, so I don't know whether the flip-out screen could be very it probably would be helpful you know I, I am I a wedding photographer but I don't do as many weddings yeah. anymore so and I haven't done any weddings since I've had it but yeah no. I think it could be helpful so I'm not saying that that's pointless I find it quite I, I find that whereas I used to take like a store with me to branding shoots now I find I don't have to now because I can just flip it out and hold my camera up and get the shot that I yeah. need yes, um, yes so true. I do use it for that or and also the other time that I use it is rather than lying down on the floor during a family shoot I'm yeah. getting too old for that then I just flip it out and just <laughs> yes. crouch down so okay, I don't have to yeah, lie yeah, down yeah, yeah. so um, I guess I've not got yeah not got used to doing that yet so that's something yeah. I've not sort of put into my sort of process of taking pictures but you're right you know it definitely would if you wanted to do an overhead shot of families lying down then yeah, yeah would be really useful definitely yeah you don't actually have to be straddling them yes maybe I'll try <laughs> that this weekend to stop yeah. the straddling no <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah it's actually that would be really helpful with babies as well thinking yes, about definitely. that definitely yeah yeah, it definitely. Yeah. And when you do like, just, you know, flat lays or you take one, take a photo of someone's hands or something, it's just really handy. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to be quite as intimate with them. Yeah, <laughs> true. Especially now, you know, trying to socially distance, it's quite handy. I oh, know. Yeah. Um, just need it on I the stick. A, I think that was a very good, slightly non techie review, as Thanks. our reviews always are. Yes, exactly. But I think it's, yeah, no, I think that's great. It's it probably jargon really to a lot of people. Thanks. Oh, no, it's good. I probably, <laughs> yeah. there's probably other things that I, you know, should have said. Like, oh, like the file size, for example. So the yeah. R6 is 20 megapixels, while the Mark III was 23 megapixels. So it's virtually exactly the same. And personally, I think that's plenty for family yeah. and wedding photographers. I remember when I so. the Mark III came out and everyone was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to shoot on medium raw. It's so mm. huge. And now people are like, oh, is 20 megapixels enough? So, yeah, it is plenty big enough. So yeah, we're not I shooting for billboards, are we? That's exactly. Fine. So yeah. I think that the R5 is for landscape, advertising, photographers and filmmakers because we yeah. have the tech on it. But and also the low light capabilities on the R6 is better than the R5 apparently. So right. another reason why it's better for us as lifestyle and wedding photographers. So yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of other questions that people have asked me, but hopefully I've covered most of them. Brilliant. Yeah. So shall we talk? I hope everyone found that useful. And shall we just yeah. talk about who we've got on for the next episode? Yes. We finally have got the amazing Ross Harvey, who you introduced me to because because I'm not a wedding photographer. I wasn't familiar with his work, but then I checked him out and his work is stunning. It's amazing, but, isn't it? I mean, he must be one of the kind of most sought after wedding photographers in the UK or yes. perhaps in Europe, I would say. I would say so. And he yeah. shoots very high end weddings around yeah. Europe and globally, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. and he's won tons of awards and yeah he's he's Talk, just very talented well, doesn't he so, yeah and we yeah. talked a bit he's also he's trained in sort of mindset and NLP and he's very mm. spiritual so we have really fascinating chats uh, all about 
creating a positive mindset. So uh, yeah, yeah. love talking he, to him. Because he did all, he trained in that before he was a photographer. So it's fascinating yeah. how he's brought it into the way that he works as a photographer now. So, and we've been yeah. trying to meet with him in person, but because he's like in the depths of Norfolk, it's always yeah. been quite tricky. So sometimes there's silver linings of COVID, COVID. brought us together. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah so, um, it's a fascinating it's a really fa- interview. Yeah. And, and everyone knows who Ross Harvey is, you know, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, we nearly said that at exactly the same time. I was just about to say, it's a fascinating interview. But... <laughs> we must say that every week. Fa- so do we talk about the weather? We say it's a fascinating <laughs> interview. <laughs> One time we need to not talk the weather and then just go, we've got a really boring episode coming up to you next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think people would still you... listen? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and everyone loved the episode, the last episode with Sarah Creed. And we've had so many messages oh, so saying that it made you literally cry with laughter. So yeah. We're really pleased about that. And if you haven't listened to it, I know. If you haven't listened to it, you've got to listen because it's so funny. And you know, when it's raining and dark outside like this, it just sit down with a glass of wine, put your headphones on, enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So please, like we always say, please rate, review and subscribe. We'd love a few new reviews. It makes us do a happy dance. So um, please go on there and and leave us a nice review. And you can write it about the specific episode, like anything you've taken away from this episode specifically. So, um, yeah, we'd love that. There's no excuse, basically. I mean, what are you waiting for? Just go now. Go do it now. Go now. Thanks. We will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.